Welcome to the Pascal Ngwe Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered as you listen to the Word of God. God, others than me. God, others, than who? Than me. But if you check us, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, you will agree with me that this, this is really not us. You know us, me, myself, and who? And ah, yeah, yeah, that's us. That's us. That's how, that's the formula we know. The, the Holy Trinity is me, myself, and I. And I'm telling you, this thing has brought only misery to us. Because God never created us like that. That was never the purpose why God created us. Remember, when God created you and I, when God created them and Eve, listen to what God told them. Replenish the earth. Fill the earth. It was all about them. God was telling them, there's so much in you that the whole earth will be filled of it. It was never about them. Subdue the earth. Not you, the earth. Have dominion over the fish, over this, over that. God was creating them for others. For others to do other things. Not even, I mean, there was very little about The only thing about it was be fruitful so that you can multiply and fill the place. Where did it change? It changed in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. First of all, we ate the fruit we're not supposed to eat. Then the Bible now says, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, Where are you? I can't locate you anymore. I can't find you. But, but, I mean, can you believe it? He is there, but God can't find him. So it's not like, it's not like it's not physical. It's that the assignment. I'm no more finding you on what you are supposed to be doing. I'm no more finding you concerned about what, what I sent you to do. You are now into something else that I don't understand. I can't find you anymore. But listen to the answer of Adam. It's a very interesting answer. Eh? He said, I heard your voice in the garden. It's not, it's not, it's not like, it's not like I'm, I can't hear. I still hear. I'm like, I'm aware you are around. But there's a problem now. I am afraid. I started. Do you see where I started now? I. 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 And I'm going to show you probably next week the connection between fear and selfishness. I was afraid. I. If I can just give a labor of heads up, you know, the reason why we don't do anything for others, the truth of the matter is, is because of fear. We are afraid. We are afraid we'll be taken advantage of. We are afraid it will not be enough for us. We are afraid we will die. We are afraid something bad will happen to us. 
You know why you don't go on outreach? You are afraid. You are afraid people will laugh at you. You are afraid people will mock you. Isn't it? Mm. Or you are afraid you're going to trip and fall. You are afraid a dog will come from nowhere and start biting you and, and something will happen to you. So the fear is to preserve I. And that thing did not exist until we fell. Before we fell, we were moving with lions, we were moving with Goliath, uh, gorillas, we were moving with everybody. We didn't have any problem. And we felt we are here to do something. We are here to take care of things. As soon as we sinned, we became afraid and we became selfish. Selfish. And we became concerned about taking care of ourselves. Because I was naked. I am naked. So now we become more concerned about us. I need to fix my finances. I need to fix my, my house. I need to fix my car. I need to fix my this. I need to take care of this. I need to take care of my children. I need to take care of this. It becomes you. You are just trying to sort out your nakedness. But don't think that is the actual purpose why God created you. God did not create you to look for leave to cover your nakedness. God created you to be in charge of a whole world. God created you to, for, to do something bigger than covering your nakedness. Now our whole purpose became reduced to just covering your nakedness, to just taking care of yourself. Every time you are just focusing on yourself, you are just doing what you do. You're just covering your little nakedness. A person God created to fill the world, a person God created to be in charge, is now focusing on him and covering his little life. And you get more interested. And I hid myself. I hid myself. You see how selfishness keeps shrinking your life. It just becomes such a very small. I mean, what can we get out of somebody who is feeling naked and who is hiding himself? What, what, what greatness can come out of such a person? Think about it. A person who is hiding, what greatness can come out of them? Adam was not hiding others. Adam was hiding himself. Selfishness. Very, very destructive. Very, very destructive. I know that it is a problem we are all struggling with, but I just want you to be aware today that being selfish, meaning being self-consumed, self-absorbed, not thinking of anything beyond yourself, is a very, very weak life that you are living. And it's a very small life that you are living. Because in all honesty, let me help you understand something quickly this morning. Let, let me tell you the truth. Your life is too small to spend your whole life only on it. It's too small. I mean, you think about it. Okay, you want houses. How many houses can you live in? You want a lot of cars. How many cars can you drive at once? You want a lot of clothes. How many clothes can you wear at a per time? Okay, you want a lot of food. How much can you eat? No, I want a lot of money. How much of it can you spend? You think you can spend money? It's because you haven't seen money. One thing that happens to people when they see money is that they, become, they lose their money. Like you, don't, you see, the reason you are thinking well now is because you don't have the money. 
As soon as the money lands into your hands, usually your mind goes crazy. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's just, you see, you are, you've, been a, you've been away from money for a long time, so you're thinking, no, pastor, I will know what to do. I know what to do with the money. If I give you even 10,000, now you will not know what to do with 10,000. You, you'll become very confused. Like, it will take you a while to even recover. Let us say 20,000. Okay, let's say 50,000. I give you 50,000, and I, what will you do? You see how you're already confused. Now, imagine I give you 1 million rent now. 1 million rent. Like, how about I give you 10 million rents right now? You see how you become confused? All your problem is just you are looking for sweets. You are looking for small chicken. That, and that's the thing that has turned you into a very selfish person. You are just a very selfish person. And when we check deeply, it's just a little drumstick of chicken that you are trying to get. It's just a drumstick that is not making you to be so consumed about yourself. But can I tell you something? If you are thinking about other people, I can give you a hundred million. You know what to do with a hundred million. Because there's a lot of need that you are taking care of. That's why God will give you a hundred million. Why must God give you a hundred million for you? What will you do with a hundred million? What will you do? I mean, you tell me, what will you do with it? What will you do with it? Can't you see that when you live just for yourself, you have limited God to even, like, there's not much God can do with you. Because just now you will have a bed to sleep on. I mean, how bed can you sleep on? Only one. How many sleepers can you wear per time? Only one, one pair. So with, without realizing it, you have reduced your life. Your life is only enlarged as you add others to it. As you add others to it, then they become a, they, there's not a need to give you more. There's a need to give you more. I hope I'm still speaking to you. So in the book of Luke 17, verse 33, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you let your life go, you will save it. Those are just little advices that Jesus is giving us. Don't hold on too much to your life. Let it go, man. In other words, think about others. And when you start doing that, just like Job, God will think about you. Hallelujah. And it says to us in Matthew 16, verse 24, anyone who desires to, come to become a Christian, anyone who desires to follow Jesus, must deny himself. Deny yourself. Like, learn to say no to yourself. It, it, simply put, it, Jesus said, anyone who wants to become a Christian must stop being selfish. You can't be a good Christian and be selfish at the same time. You can't. You can't. Because Christianity is love. It's love. And I'm going to show you now what that love is all about. Come with me to Luke 10, 25 to 27, quickly. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Very good question. I was teaching a group during the week and I told them, questions are doors into higher dimensions. That little question this guy asked, open a door. 
What must I do? And I like the thought that he didn't say, teacher, what are you going to do for me to enter eternal life? Because that is the approach that the Christians of today have, is that God must do everything for me. He asked, what must I do to enter a dimension? There will always be something you have to do for God to do the rest. There will always be something you have to do. And the question I want to ask you, it's not a message, but I'm asking, are you doing your part? Are you doing your part? What must I do? There's always something I must do for the church to grow. Something I must do before I can get married. Something I can do before I can find a job. Something I have to do before I can be promoted. Something I must do before this can happen. There's something I must do. Not I will do or I should do. I must. What must I do? There's a must for every doing. What must I do? Because some of you, you know what to do, but you are not, you are not approaching it as a must. You understand? You know that I should do this, but you are not doing it as a, it's a must. It's like, it's, 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 it's a, what? Um, what is the word? Like it's not compulsory. It's, it's, hmm? There's a word, like it's optional. So your approach is not that this is what I must do. Your approach is rather that this is what, this, this is what I should do or I may do. You are changing this morning. By the grace of God. You will become like this man. He asked a very good question. What must I do? What must I do? Then, what is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? He answered. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. That's interesting. Do you realize that the question this, this guy asked Jesus, that same question, let me take it, that same question was asked to Jesus a few chapters later by somebody else. And that person asked it with more accuracy now. So I want to read that person so that you understand the dynamics behind this question and the type of answer that the, you know, the man gave and, and why that answer is, I mean, amazing. Just an amazement. Luke 22, 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? You see, it's the same book, a different chapter. And another person asked, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Wow. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I'm pleased to let you know this morning, the greatest commandment has got nothing to do with you. Remember the title of my message? God, others, then me. If you want to inherit eternal life, if you want to do the most important thing that you should do as a human being, you would be interested to realize this morning that that main thing that you should do as a human being, that is the most important thing, has got nothing to do with you. 
that main thing that is like if you don't do anything else, do this one. That thing has got nothing to do with you. Has got everything to do with God. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting because I don't know how much of God is in our lives. <laughs> Yet the greatest commandment is not about you. It's not about your children. It's not about your job. It's not about your marriage. It's not about your career. The greatest commandment is about God. It's about God. It's about God. And the question the other guy asked, what must I do to enter heaven? And the question that so Jesus answered, the main thing to do is God. I mean, look at that and compare it to your life. How much am I engaging God? How much do I love God? Yet that's the main thing I must do. Isn't it that the boyfriend has more love than God does? Isn't it that your job gets more love than the God, God gets? Isn't it that your family has more love than God has? Yet God is supposed to be <laughs> like before you think about yourself. And doesn't that make sense? Who made you, sir? I believe that the creator has more value than the creation. But we reverse things, isn't it? The creation has ascended to the highest height. That's why God told uh, Lucifer, you forget that you were created. Lucifer said, I will ascend. I will make my name. I will. I will. God said, you will go down. You were created. Let me remind you of something this morning. A day is coming when every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess. Not that you are great. Not that you are the goat. No. That Jesus Christ is Lord. A day is going to come you will realize that it's never been about you, sir. It's never been about us. It's never been about us. The person we should live for, we put him aside to chase fallacies. And that, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. And I, I want to ask you a question. Are you doing that main thing? Are you doing that main thing? Like, is God at the center of your life? I'm asking myself, is God at the center of my life? Do I love God with all my heart? Do I love God with all my soul? Do I love God with all my mind? If I'm not doing that, then I've just missed the greatest commandment. Hey, well, pastor, you know, it was just, Jesus was just talking. I mean, this thing don't really matter. Greatest commandment, lowest commandment. I mean, those are just, I mean, they were just, they were just talking. I mean, it's just, just a way of talking. I mean, it's not like, it's not like it's really important. Wow. I wish I were you. And I wish the Bible was not real. The second is like it. Love your neighbor. Ah, you haven't come home. <laughs> You haven't come. I mean, I told him maybe after God and after love God, then love yourself, then think about your neighbor. You haven't come. I mean, he, moved, he started with God. 
Then he went to somebody else. Then finally, you, do you see my, where my title is coming from? God, others, then you. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and if you if you live like this, where it's God first, then it's others, then me. Ooh, the Bible says that you have fulfilled the law. You might look like you are a stupid person, but you are the person God is going to promote. You are the person God is going to give what other people are trying to get. You are the person God is going to increase when other people are trying to increase themselves. Show me a person that is chasing to elevate himself and God came to help him. Whoever exalts himself shall be abased. Whoever abases himself shall be exalted. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Show me a person who keeps promoting himself and God came to help him promote himself. No. When you promote yourself, God demotes you. But show me a person who is not focusing on lifting himself up, trying to be great, trying to be the main thing in town, the best big thing in the area, but rather trying to find out what does God want? How can I help this one? What can I do for this one? Show me such a person. And I'm showing you somebody God is going to promote. I pray you become that person in the name of Jesus. So listen to me. There are only a few options here. Either... You love God and others, or you love yourself. And it's either you are living for God and others, or you are living for yourself. There are only two options. And the reality is that most of us, <laughs> we love ourselves. Again. And we are living for who? I mean, let's be honest about it. We are living for ourselves. We are trying to make a name for ourselves like the people of Babel. We are consumed with ourselves. Now I want to help you as I close with how Jesus helped us to understand what it means to live for others. Let's continue. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. And the guy says, you must love God all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. You must love your neighbor as yourself. I get it, he gave, do you know that people give the right answer, but it doesn't mean that they are doing it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you here? Are you here this morning? I'm saying that just because you gave the right answer doesn't mean you are right. He asked a question. Jesus asked him, what is written in the law? He answered exactly how it is written by Moses, but it doesn't mean he is doing it. And, And that is how believers are today. I tell you, we can quote scriptures. We can help you even finish the message. Even the message I'm preaching, I'm sure you are having better ideas about what you said than I'm saying here, here right now. But the question is, are we doing it? So Jesus said to him, okay, you've answered well. <laughs> now, do it and you will live. Hey, the man said, yeah, 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 yeah. We are not taking it, this thing. You see, you see, I was just trying to answer this thing. But it's not like I want to do it. He said, no, you've answered correctly. Do it and you will live. 
The Bible says, but he wanted to not justify himself. I'm reading the Bible. So you see, immediately, self, the, the guy who has been in charge is now beginning to come. You want, me to do, you want me to love God with all my heart, all my mind, and all my soul, and all my strength? And then you want me to love my neighbor? And then after that, I must love myself? Now, self is beginning to come out. I want to justify myself. I want, hey, man, what, what, about, my, what about me? Ask your neighbor, what about me? What about me? What's going to happen to me? The real man, the real owner is not showing up. The, the guy who has been quiet, just giving you scriptures. Now that you are challenging him to get into the work, they say, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Then they ask the question, who is my neighbor? This is the question he's asking to justify himself. Who is my neighbor? It's interesting, isn't it? He doesn't ask who is God. He doesn't ask who, who, is, who, is, who, is, who is self. That's who is, that neighbor, that's where my problem is. Who is my neighbor? Because I believe that for us, we all feel that we are loving our neighbor. Yeah. I mean, I love my boyfriend. That's my neighbor, boss. Yeah. I love my beloved. That's my neighbor. He's justifying himself. I love my mother. That's my neighbor. There's no problem. Yes, Jesus, you are speaking the truth. You must love your neighbor. I've been loving my father since I was born. He's my neighbor. Hmm. I love my husband. That's my, that's my neighbor. I love my wife. That's my neighbor. Pastor, you are right. So he not just needed to make sure that what he has in his head. That, well, I think when I talk about neighbor, I talk about my children, me, my children, my wife, and maybe some extended family relations, you know, just small, small things. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, a man, look, there's no name for this guy, he's just a man. And he was attacked by robbers. Are you with me? I'm almost done. Just give me a few moments. They stripped him off his clothes. Zamazama boys. They beat him. <laughs> if you are not in South Africa, you don't understand Zamazama. There are some fellows that are causing havoc. And they went away, leaving him half dead. Uh, this is pure Zamazama boys, I'm telling you the truth. Now, so this is the situation. A man, no name, no title, was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Then something unfortunate happened. Robbers, who never announced themselves, I mean, they are very professional ones, in my country, they will tell you, hey, they will say, they send you a text. We are coming tomorrow at 4 p.m. Prepare everything. I haven't seen that in South Africa. I think it hasn't reached here. In my countries, they are no more at the level where they are coming to surprise you. No, 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 no. They announce to you they are coming. And what to you? Because usually they already know what is in the house. I don't know who is informing them. They know that you have a TV, plasma screen, Samsung. Then they must not come and find plasma screen from Kong. It must be the one, the Samsung one. I mean, they cause havoc and terror in my country. These guys, we are coming, prepare everything. So 
And they, they took 2 p.m. the truck is outside. The owners have come for their things. The owners have come. Police is not police is nowhere to be found. You call them, we don't have cars. We don't have cars. We don't have cars. We don't have the guns are not working. The guns are oh <laughs> there's no petrol in the car. In fact, if you call and the network is that the problem is will the network even work? That is where your problems are starting. That the network will not even work. <laughs> oh. I remember one time they did it to a neighbor we had back home. I mean, later the guy told me, because it was a, um, a World Cup time when this thing happened. He says to me, we were hearing you guys scream in your house there about goals that are being scored. We were, <laughs> we were on gunpoint here. He said, I could hear you guys are screaming this and this and that. We are here. We are finished. Hey, I felt sorry for that guy. So robbers usually, apart from this one that I'm mentioning, usually they don't announce themselves. So that's what I'm saying. It's an unfortunate situation. That this guy didn't plan to be robbed. I mean, do you plan to be robbed? No. So it, there are things that happen in life, not that people chose that this thing was happening to them. When you are now, you know, feeling that this guy, no man, he must take care of himself. The thing he's going through, you will find that he didn't call that upon himself. These people we want to help on the 27th. Some of them, the things that they are going through, they didn't call those things upon themselves. They didn't call those things upon themselves. Some of them were raped. Do you mean this guy moving and I, I, I need a rapist? I need a rapist. Rapist wanted. Rapist needed. Rapist needed. Rapist needed. I'm available. Rapist. 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 I mean, you think about it. Some of the people we are inviting on the 27th, some of them were raped. Some of them were robbed. Some of them were abused verbally. They didn't call that upon themselves. It just happened. Because there's a wicked spirit out here in this world that's destroying people's lives. So this guy left half dead. Some of the people we are inviting on the 27th, they are half dead. They are physically alive. They are spiritually destroyed. Some of them are sexually destroyed. Some of them are emotionally paralyzed. Don't see them wearing nice clothes. They are half dead. They are half dead. Don't see them put lipstick. They are half dead. They are half dead. Don't see them wearing skinny jeans. They are half dead. Something is wrong inside. Don't be, de- don't be uh, deceived. They are half dead. I don't consider you to be alive if you are not spiritually awakened. So if you are spiritually dead, even if you are physically alive, can I submit to you, you are half dead. You are half dead. Because the body was there, but the consciousness was not there. You are half dead. Now, it gets interesting. Listen, I'm closing here. Listen. The Bible says a priest happened to be going down the same road. A priest is a man of God, a woman of God, a church goer. A person who knows God, a priest is somebody who connects with God, that they have an interaction with God. Don't just think about the person who stands on stage. We are all kingdom of priests. Every child of God, the Bible says that we are a royal what? Priesthood. So you are a priest. I am a priest. 
But I am no more priest than you are, except, just in, except in terms of, of office and functions. But you are a priest too. We are a royal priesthood. Priesthood. So we can submit this morning that a person who knew God was passing there. Hmm? The same road. And when they saw the man, he passed by the other way. Wow. A person who knows God, a person who has a relationship with God, sees another person that is struggling, but passes the other way. Wow. Isn't that interesting? I'm asking you, isn't that interesting? So too, a Levite, when he came to the same place, saw him. Who is a Levite? In the temple, we had a priest who was in charge of, you know, the official things, you know, to offer incense to God, receive the sacrifices of the people like their burnt offerings and stuff, and then burn them and the smoke goes up. That was the job of a priest. Then you had the Levites. The Levites were working in the temple. Some of them were those that were singing in the choir. So this is a worshiper. But when I'm saying worshiper, don't think about Ntokozo Bambu. Don't think about joyous celebration. The Bible says God is looking for worshippers. Don't tell me God is looking for Ntokozo Bambu only. God is looking for every one of us to become a worshipper. I'm sure you'll be asked the question, where do you worship? Where do you go for worship? So you are a worshipper. You don't need to be a skillful musician to be a worshipper. God has never said that a worshipper must be a skillful musician. Worship is from the heart. So there is a priest, which you are, which I am, and there is a worshipper, which you are, and which I am. I'm not talking to the right people this morning. This is us. This is us. And interestingly, the liver to pass on the other side. And I want to tell you that this is what the church has turned into today. <laughs> totally uninterested about the issues that are in the community. Totally uninterested about what is happening to the neighbor and to the soul next door. Totally uninterested about what is happening to anybody else. We are only interested about who? Me, myself, and I. Do you think if that was the priest's wife, was it going to pass? If it was the worshippers, uh, the, the Levites' cousin, was it going to pass? But he fell. This is a nobody. These are others. He probably did something. That's, you, see, you see these guys? They were stealing together and then they left. They, 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 he didn't, he didn't uh, maybe he tried to rob the others. And then this is what happened to him. Like, we're always trying to explain what something, why things are happening to people. But the Samaritan. Now Samarit, Samaria was an interesting place. We don't have time to go about it. But just know that these guys were not considered like religious people, like see people that are serious. That's what I can tell you. Like, well, just common guys. Just common guys. 
when I reach this level, I like to say, but an ABC member. I want to believe that ABC members are not like this priest. And I'm trusting God that ABC members and ABC pastors and ABC shepherds are not like this Levite. I believe that ABC members are like this Samaritan. He took pity on him. He went to him. He bandaged his wounds. Pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey. Brought him to an inn. Took care of him. The next day, he took her to Denari and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him. He said, when I return, I reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go, do likewise. <laughs> go, do likewise. And that's what I'm telling us this morning. This week, people of God, go, do likewise. Few things that the good Samaritan, first of all, I'm sure you are realizing, you are realizing he was not focusing on himself went to him, saw him, poured oil on him, took care of him. This guy is like he doesn't exist. The whole focus is him, him, him. Him doesn't even have a name. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Two things the Good Samaritan did as I close. Number one, the Good Samaritan did not pretend that he cannot see others' problems. You know, Christians like pretending they don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on. Somebody's been coming to church wearing the same clothes. But you do as if you don't know. I mean, like, you, you've, you've never seen it. You are, you are shocked. You are shocked. You are surprised. We pretend that we don't see anything. We are not seeing anything that's going on. You see, because our hearts are not towards others. Our hearts are not like the heart of Jesus. Jesus, he left the glory and came for others. And we say we are like him. We, we follow him. But somebody will come to church, for the, and you have money, you can actually in one day solve a lot of problems about that person. But it's not your neighbor, because he's not your cousin, he's not your brother, he's not your sister. So The good Samaritan interrupted his journey because of others. Please understand he was not an SOS type of a guy who was just going around looking for people with problems. He was going somewhere too. But he interrupted his whole schedule to help another person. And this is our problem. I'm too busy. I don't have time. I don't have time. I wish I could help you, but I don't have time. I don't have time to do this. I mean, it's, it's, it's not possible. You know, I'm busy. I'm busy. Can you interrupt your busy schedule to attend to somebody just for once in your life. There are people who will not invite one person this 27 because they are busy. They are busy. They will not pray for nobody because they are busy. But if they are sick and I don't come and pray for them, I must be reported to court. 
we must, we must, there must be meetings. We must, hey, my God. But we are saying, let's pray for other people. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, Pastor, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, next, you know, I wish we had put this thing in September, Muruti. You know, Muruti, September was going to be a little bit better for us. I mean, more August. I mean, it was too short notice, Muruti. I mean, but you are doing a good thing, Muruti. Muruti, more fast. May God continue blessing you, Muruti Waka. May God continue blessing you. Oh. Can you interrupt your schedule? Can you interrupt your day? Can you rearrange your plans just to help somebody else? There are invitation cards now there. Can you take a few and tell yourself, Wednesday, at this time, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go and invite people for the program. We need chairs in the church for this program. Can you say, I'm going to rearrange my budget a little bit to make sure that this month, I also contribute for others. Not only me, myself and I. You think that you are busy, eh? You know, you don't understand. I don't want to say certain things. I don't want to say this, but I can tell you right now that God usually has a way of showing you that you are not as busy as you think you are. He will allow something to happen to you. And then you will now see that your work is nothing. This is nothing. Because now this thing has arrived and you have to attend to it. All of a sudden, people have time. All of a sudden, people can actually take leave. All of a sudden, people can actually take offs. But when it was for others, oh, no, I'm very busy. No, 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 my, I, no I can't, I can't, you know. Next, next year, January, maybe, let's talk about it. Number three, the good Samaritan poured oil and wine into others. Oil and wine into others. Oil represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. More than anything else, what people need is the Holy Spirit. And you have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that Jesus said, if you who are wicked, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more would the Father give the Holy Spirit? No dollars. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the greatest thing you can give a person. Because the Holy Spirit is God. And you have the Holy Spirit. Will you not make sure that this 27, somebody gets closer to the Holy Spirit? Will you not fight that? You know, my greatest gift I can give you is the Holy Spirit. And he gave the guy wine. What is wine? Wine represents the blood of Jesus. The second major thing anyone needs it's the blood of Jesus. And it have, you have it. The blood of Jesus. Did you buy it? Did you pay for it? And you are not giving it to people. Did you pay for the anointing? Those are the main things that can change people's lives. Number one, the oil. Number two, the wine. Never move with a person and you fail to give them oil, and you fail to give them wine. This is why we are going to the communities. We are going with gallons of oil, and we are going with gallons of wine. Not hunters drying this thing. To, no, I'm talking about the anointing and the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. 
to help people. Number four, the good Samaritan did not give excuses when he had to care for others. Oh, you know, I, could, I mean, I mean, if you had come yesterday, and you know, you know, if, if it was just hey, you, you didn't come on the right time, you know. Number five, the good Samaritan risked his life for others. I mean, this this guy, he doesn't know who this guy is. What if it is a trap? That as I'm going about, I'm about to help him, they're going to not come and, 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 and follow me. Brothers and sisters, if we're going to make a difference, we're going to have to take risk. It is risky to go out there and help other people. Usually when a person is drowning, the person that is going to save him from drowning is at a higher risk than the person who is drowning. But are we not going to let everybody that is drowning drown? Because they say, no, hey, if you go to hell, then you will even drown yourself. When a dog is stuck in the mud, you will stretch your hand to try to, he can even bite you. But will you not leave the dog in the mud because you are saying, this guy wants to bite me? No, it's going to take a risk. You're going to have to find another way. When that, when that dog comes out of that mud and runs into the bush, your heart is happy. You go home and sleep peacefully. I've helped somebody today. I've helped somebody today. Yes, it's going to take risk to do this. You're going to risk your reputation. You're going to risk your time. Many things you're going to risk. That is how life is. Number six, the good Samaritan paid the price to care for others. He used money. He says, take two denarii. Take care of him. When I come back, I'll pay you back. And if he, if he uses anything extra, I'll pay. Brothers and sisters, if the money God gave you only works for you, then like I said at the beginning, you are living a very weak, low life. Make room for others. Make room for more. I would like to hear that one of the chairs that is in that church for the 2027, 20, you hired it in particular. Your money contributed to hire five chairs. Your money contributed to hire the tent. Your money contributed to maybe hire the, uh, the, 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 mobile, the mobile toilets. By the way, actually, we don't need them because all our, all our branches have toilets. By the grace of God. There's a budget for this program. This program is going to cost some money. It's going to cost money. And you don't want to be a part of it? I think you should be a part of it. I think you should bring your... You should even say, Pastor, I want to do something. Please, allow me a chance to also contribute my little cent. I don't just want to sit and watch things happen. It's too long. It's been far too long. And I was telling the other day, that Sunday in Kalanyo, that some of you that are just there, you are waiting that Pastor must come to your house for tea. And he must sit down and say, eh, man, you know, you know, we're having this program. And I was just thinking that maybe God could speak to you so that you could. I know you are busy. And I know, I know, I know, I'm, you don't need to say, I know you are very, very, you have a lot of things you are doing. But I was just wondering if maybe you could do something. That's what, I will not do it. Me, I will not do it for you. Me, I will not. I will not. 
Mm, I will not. I will not come to your house, start begging. There is a day I will come to beg. There's a day I will come and beg for the money for church. If if I'm building the church, and God says to to me to come and beg, I'll come and beg to you. I will not mind. I can even kneel down for you to give. If God says kneel, I will kneel down. You give me the money, I'll go and build the church. But to win souls for Jesus, I must beg you to give a hundred rand. I will not beg you. You will answer to Jesus Christ yourself. I will not beg you for that one. Because I don't know who begged us to preach to you. So now we must beg you so we can preach to others. I'm sorry. I don't want want to go that way this morning. But I'm just telling you that this thing you are doing is not right. It's not right that you want to you want to sit there do as if you don't understand what we are saying. You hear us what we are saying. We need something, but you are behaving like you are not hearing, because you are waiting for me to come to your house and sit down in the sofa, three hours of talking, so that two hundred rand can come out. Oh, I must talk for three hours. Three hours I can I can invite a hundred people, but I must spend three hours in your house talking about funny things. So that at the end of it, you give me an envelope of 150 rent. Is that fair? Let me help you as I close. Listen, do you know why we are doing this? Do you know why we are doing this? We are not doing this. Okay, do you know to whom we are doing this for? Maybe that's a question. We are not doing this for Jesus. No. We are not doing this for God. No. We are not doing this for the church. And let me repeat, we are not doing this for Jesus. Can I tell you? We are doing this to Jesus. Not for Jesus. To Jesus. Matthew 25, 35 are close. I was hungry. You fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was a stranger. You invited me into your home. I was naked. You gave me clothing. I was sick. You cared for me. I was in prison. You visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, hey, when did we ever see you hungry and we feed you? Or thirsty and we give you something to drink? Or a stranger and we show you hospitality? Or naked, you Jesus naked and we give you clothes? Hey, I don't remember that. When did we ever see you sick? Jesus, you, the healer, how can you be sick? When did we see you sick and we visit and we will heal you? And when did we see you in prison and we visited you? And the king will answer. I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and my sisters, you were doing it to me. Oh, he doesn't say, you were doing it for me. That's what blew my mind. 
that Jesus says, when you do something to others, you are doing it to him. It makes perfect sense because when Paul was persecuting the church, when Jesus appeared to Paul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting the church? He said, why are you persecuting me? Ah, you are doing it to me. I don't think that you want to see Jesus needing a chair and you don't want to give Jesus a chair. I don't think you want to see Jesus needing a tent and say, ah, Jesus, find your own way. Jesus needing a taxi for some people to come and say, ah, Jesus, don't you have legs again? I mean, find some donkeys. I heard that you were riding some donkeys before. Ali, get some donkeys, Jesus. Push some donkeys for us. Okay, let's upgrade. Get your horse. We're going to get you a horse. No. Jesus, how many taxes do you want? Even if I have to go and do whatever I can, I'll get you those taxes. He said, that's what's going to happen in heaven. In heaven, people will say, Jesus, <laughs> if I knew you were the one who needed a taxi, eh, I was going to get the whole taxi rank for you. Me, Jesus, I could have even gotten you all the taxi association. I mean, so you see, you see, when I needed it, you didn't do nothing. Jesus, if I knew that you needed things to be printed, I was going to call all the printers together and I was going to buy them for you. I said, you just print as many as you want. So Jesus wants you to do it by faith today, believing that you are doing it to him. Are you listening to me? Stand on your feet in the house of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I believe that the word of God has come with power this morning. And all I want you to pray and say, Lord, help me think less of myself and think more about others. Can we pray that prayer quickly this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that it's less of us, more of you today. Less of us, more of others. Less of us, more of God. Less of us, more of others. Thank you, Lord, that you are doing that for us today. You are changing us. You are changing us, Lord. Our hearts are turning. Something is happening to us in the realm of the Spirit. Others are beginning to enter our minds. I know it might be a process, even for myself as a preacher. I know it's going to take a while to understand that this is not about us. It's about others. It's about others. And when we think about others, you think about us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are reaching us today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Before I close this morning, if you are here, you are not born again, and you want to give your heart to Jesus, I just want to pray for you. All you need to do is to raise your hand at the count of three and say, Pastor, please, I need Jesus in my heart. I want to inherit eternal life. The man asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? There's something to do. And that thing that we do is that you must accept Jesus as your personal Lord. You must surrender your life to Jesus. If you do that this morning, eternal life is your portion. At the count of three, you can raise your right hand and say, Pastor, please help me. I want to lay down my life for Jesus. One, two, three. You can raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Now, you're already born again. And this morning, you just want to recommit yourself to God. I also will have to pray for you. Saying, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I just need God in my heart today. I want to pray for you. At the count of you, you can also raise your right hand. One, two, three. Thank you. God bless you. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day, you rose again that I might be justified. 
right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life. Oh,